Well, I've taken a little bit. I mean, I did talk about last time it's going to take a hiatus. Well, I'm still on the hiatus. Still on the hiatus? Mm-hmm. I act like I don't know that. I do know that. Practice. <laughs> not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Welcome to Mysore Magic, a weekly podcast where we explore the practice of Ashtanga Yoga. We take a look at the things that come up on the mat and beyond. We're your hosts, Pat and Abby. We're probably we're a little both on a hiatus, I think. I don't I don't know if you can describe mine as a hiatus. No, yours isn't. Yours is like a you really want to practice and you're doing everything that you can, but you're injured. I'm injured. Uh, the first real injury I've ever had. Yeah. I'm just I've just come up against a uh like a brick wall or something with it, my practice and Trying to get past it. Of course, not trying very hard because I'm obviously, I'm at practice in a couple weeks. But it's been kind of good to just kind of get outside of it a little bit. In what way? Um, Just kind of like not making it the center of everything. Ashtanga or your practice? I mean, both, I guess. I guess they're one and the same. Yeah. I mean, I think I had to take... A, a little bit of a practice uh, or a little bit of a break from my practice to um, kind of like develop some of the other areas in my life. It was taking up a lot of energy and um, I don't know. I think I neglected some other aspects because I had like a good practice. So it made that kind of define me, but then some other areas were kind of falling to the wayside. So I've just been kind of like regrouping, I guess. Regrouping the other aspects of your life. Yeah. That's what you're saying? Yeah, and just like, and maybe not as much like the other aspects of my life, although that is like a, you know, a result of it. It's more like the other aspects of myself. Like, I am really, my practice is really important to me, and for the past like four years, it's basically been the center of my universe. And I, um, everything was sort of defined or, kind of went around my practice and so I kind of got like a little bit of my like identity stuck in like how good I was at practice how I was able to do it what I was able to achieve with it like all of that stuff and I think what I came to realize is that it's not really that fulfilling in that way you know Zoe Ward just did an entire Instagram post about this so I think it well I think it's uh, on the front of a lot of people's mind. Yeah, I mean, I think something that this pandemic has done is kind of make people question because you don't have the same um, distractions or the same um, group mentality that you see. Like everybody kind of like going and practicing together and especially like in like shalas and stuff and so many of them are closed or very limited that you don't really have that same sense of um, like group mentality around the mm-hmm. practice. So everyone's sort of like, since we're all a little bit splintered, it's like we're all kind of like reevaluating it in ourselves, or at least that's kind of what I'm seeing. Sure. Um, it's how I feel. Um, you know, we don't know when we're going to go be able to go back to India. Like, we don't know like how that's going to work. Everything is really uncertain. So it's like, okay, so what if this is how it is now? Now what? I think that's kind of made some people question things, you know, and like, is this the path that I really need to take? Is it even going to be around in a couple years? Who knows? So it's sort of like, um, I don't know. And I think like that aspect is like, if you have a healthy relationship with your practice, you don't really, that doesn't really scare you. You're just like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this. And, but if you don't, then it kind of makes you be like, oh fuck, what am I going to do? Like, what if this doesn't happen? My, the way that I built myself up was because I was authorized or I have this like practice that matters within this particular community or like I have a voice that matters within justice community, but what if that falls apart? So that then how, how, what do you do? So I think that's kind of what I've come up against is like, okay, so if I don't have this, like then what? And if I look at the rest of my life and how I've like developed myself around it, um, it's like, I don't really know what to do, what I would do next. And you're figuring that out right now by kind of pulling back on your practice? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was sort of a, I didn't really mean to. I think that was a result of it where it's like, 
this is important, but like, does it have to be as important as I've made it? Like, as instead of it being like, this is like my, you know, my like kind of form of therapy, like something I do to keep myself healthy in my mind and body. It's like, I, everything I have to do, I do is around it, like social media, the, you know, who I hang out with, like where I go, the, what I do with my free time, all of that gets like consumed by it. Zero balance. Yeah, zero balance. And it seems okay because everyone was doing it, right? Like where mm-hmm. everybody was kind of like, Ashtanga is life. It's the most important thing in the world. And like, I mean, it's important, but like. But you still love it? Of course, yeah, yeah, of course I still love it. Still plan to go back to practicing? Still plan to go back to practicing, although maybe it'll look a little different when I get back to it. I don't know. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I haven't like done nothing. I have done some practice. I've like just like been kind of messing around with different things. Um, just seeing what like I naturally want to do. Um, sort of like Pat's greatest hits, like Abby's greatest hits right now. <laughs> um, I think that's just called other yoga. <laughs> yeah, maybe Where so. They're just like, I'm going to make up a sequence <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah. That's probably true. And just do what I want to, what my what feels right in my body. <laughs> yeah. That's bullshit. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I'm still kind of following, following a little bit of that pattern, but I'm just kind of like, all right, what do I, um, like, what do I, what's like the bare minimum that I need to like maintain? And a lot of it is like doing a bunch of sun salutations and trying to like hold a handstand in between or like a half handstand really. Some back bends. Some back bends. Got to put some back bends in there. Yeah. I mean, doing like a few like hip openers, I want, I like create putting my leg behind my head. So it's like, I'll just do some like random stuff like that and then like kind of group things together and just like, okay. Sounds like a vinyasa class. I know. It's totally a vinyasa class. That's all right. But I mean. It's grounded in Ashtanga. Yeah. And I, I mean, I I really think that like Ashtanga is such a great uh uh, I don't know, like a baseline for everything. Like, yeah, I, I think that even, I feel like vinyasa teachers, I really truly believe this, and this might be whatever, but like, I really think that anybody should have that basis of a practice to do because it just makes, it just makes sense. Like, if you're trying to teach um, and create sequences from like a vinyasa class, like having the basis of how, this practice has gone like that like structure of it like having that in mind you better understand like how the body works and how it like what it wants to do and what is good for it so you can kind of like build around it so that's just my little like well doesn't that come back to like the fundamentals and just learning the fundamentals about all that and having just like anything totally totally and you know one of the things that like I teach this class um on zoom with it's like a for like a corporation, like a small company, I guess, not corporation, small company. And, you know, they wanted a beginner class. And so what I do, what I did, like it was through like the studio I'm with. And so like, I was like, all right, I'm going to do some Ashtanga. And what I quickly found is that like most people couldn't really hang with it. Like the, I really did like just standing and a few things to the ground and like it was too much. It's too much for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, what, what did I tell you? I heard that it was like, what? 10% 10% of people can, well, actually, or like 1% of the population could actually finish primary series. Yeah. I think that we forget that a lot of times. And so it's been a really good check for me to be like, okay, like I've been teaching this and it's a bunch of elite assholes. Yeah. I mean, we can't, I mean, it's kind of true, but like I had to really like dial it back because it was like something, one of the, one of the guys on there like requested, um, like a certain like one some more like relaxing or he kept making the comment that like he had to stop and take a break and uh there is like people that started kind of like not coming to the class anymore i mean they just would be like you know there's some older ladies that like they really couldn't really do anything and it's very it's so hard over zoom to people individually right so i had to kind of like well good for you for reading the room well, yeah, I mean, but I think that's what, what I realized is that, like, I find this a lot, and I just haven't really seen it before. Like, when I teach classes outside of the Ashtanga world, is that, like, it's a lot of, um, it's, like, too much for most people. And so, like, we have to be able to ease the tradition in order to get people to, like, 
move their bodies. If mm-hmm. we want to be helpful to people, we've got to be able to understand how to modify and how to um, make a practice that can be accessible for anyone. And I think that that's really what, I mean, based on a lot of the stories and everything is like what it was meant to do anyways. It's set in its ways. And if you are entering the sequence or entering the, you know, practice with a set of injuries or a little bit older, like it's going to, you're not going to go far. Right. But you can. And like you can still have like a have a practice and still have something that's based in Ashtanga, even if it's not Ashtanga. I mean, there's some things that like holding some poses in a restorative way to help open up people's hips that like need that to be open. I mean, what I've been doing is being like, okay, what's the point of this? Like, what is the overall? This is like, I like to do this with a lot of things. So I'm trying to figure out a problem. Like, what's the overall goal here? Like, the goal is to build strength and flexibility in the body. Like, the hips, the shoulders, core strength, all of that. So, like, those poses set people up to do it. But, like, you can still kind of follow that that line of thinking. Like, okay, so, like, why am I trying to do, like, this hip opener? And how can I make it more accessible so people are still hitting, like, the same goal of what this pose is trying to do in order to, like make people more healthy like people don't have to do like have to put their leg behind their heads they don't have to do a back bend but how do we still get that same kind of opening that same effect just in a less way or in a more mild manner yeah and this might seem like super obvious to a lot of like teachers have been around for a while but this is just something that that i'm just like coming around to i feel like i've said this but i don't know if i really understood it until recently because I've had to do that for myself too. I'm like, well, how do I keep, what's like the bare minimum I have to do to keep myself in shape for this practice when I want to go back to it? Yeah. Well, right now my bare minimum, I'm, I just worked back up to half primary, very modified. Yeah. And so like anytime I do a downward dog, my head, like the rest of the day, I can't think because I have the worst headache and my shoulders flare up. And mm-hmm. I mean, but I'm going to continue to push it and, you know, just push a little bit more every single day. And just so I can maintain that, you know, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. How So, like, how? what have you, like, learned about yourself within this injury? I was too flexible and not strong enough, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that that's the main thing. I was moving a little, a little wrong in a couple of positions, but or differently, I guess, because different teachers have different philosophies on how you should approach each pose. So, you know, the way I was approaching it from one teacher standpoint was, I don't know, I think it it wasn't right for my body. Just like everybody's different. And, you know, once I started following a little bit more of a different way to do it, probably a little bit more of a traditional way Mm -hmm. to enter, a simpler way to enter it, um, that focused more on strength and less about flexibility. I, I feel better. Yeah. It's just anytime my head goes, my heart is above my head. I, I basically can't breathe because of my neck. So you think like being like over, over flexible is what led to your injury? I think, I don't know. I'd, I would like, I mean, that's what my gut says. I mean, that's all we know is like, try, you got to trust that. Right. It could have been a hundred things. It could have been, you know, a freak accident, Dewey Potter one day. It could have been, you know, I was, I did a back bend, you know, I was catching my knees. So it's like, I could have been, I could have moved really, really slightly, you know, in a deep back bend or, you know, the other thing is what it could have been Kronavasana, just like I, w- I was letting my shoulders creep up when I should have been like allowing them, you know, mm-hmm. pulling them down. down. Right. So, and, and there that's clearly strength. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. I'm, I'm a tall skinny guy. So, I mean, we've talked about this off and on, um, is the, like, so what I, what I found a lot is that like, um, second series, while it's like super good for like stretching things out, that's, sometimes it can be not helpful for most people because like if you already struggle with strength, then you're going to lose anything that you gained in primary. So, I mean, part of, I think why people stay in primary longer is to continue to build the strength, especially Mm -hmm. if you're really like overly flexible, like going 
through second because you're pretty flexible. Yeah, I'm pretty flexible. Going through second isn't going to teach you that much about strength and like the the strength aspects. That's why I like it better. Right. Honestly, it's just like, ooh, deep back bends. I can just hang out here and get all flexy and relax. And Yep, yep. But like what happens is like in that when you come up against like some of the ones that require more strength that it's it's tricky because second like it disguises itself as like being like more about opening everything up. Um, but there's definitely strength aspects, but it's a little bit more subtle and you're, but you're not going to learn it in that practice. It's like learning a handstand when you can barely lift yourself up off the ground and jumping back. Like you don't have it's counterintuitive. Yeah. The, the building blocks aren't there yet. And mm-hmm. so that happens a lot probably is like, you know, when you lean too much into flexibility to do something like Kronavasana, you're probably going to hurt yourself. You know, it's probably what I did. Yeah. Or, I mean, that's one of the possibilities. One I don't know. I don't, yeah. Who knows? I'm a dumbass. Um, <laughs> I probably did a hundred things that equaled this. Yeah. Hopefully it just goes away. It's a pinched nerve in my neck. If I haven't already said that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have. Maybe. Yeah. I, well, I said it. So, um, yeah, it hurts and it, it causes a ton of headaches and yeah, it's hard to practice with it, but I'm on my mat every single day, no matter what. Truman's yeah. right there with me, <laughs> our dog. Well, I mean, I you think about like physical therapy and, and things like that when people hurt themselves, like the main thing that they do, like everyone wants to, uh, like when you have an injury, they want to stretch it out. Like you're like, you, the pain is there, you want to stretch it out because something is tight. But really like what physical therapy and doctors and stuff say is like you want to strengthen the area so it's like when you have a back injury neck injury whatever whatever it is like yeah there is something about like rolling out part of the like you know tight knots or whatever but most Mm -hmm. of it is building up strength to that's the way that you heal from it i should probably take up kettlebells or something you probably should lift weights like two days a week (laughs) or something no i'm being serious i mean why you know especially right now yeah Especially, I mean, if you are avoiding being strong in your practice, like you've said that you have I, kind I, of. Avoiding it, yeah, I think it's It's not because I don't want to be strong. Oh, no, I don't think that that's the case. I don't think anybody doesn't want to be strong. Yeah. I think most people want to be strong. I think it's inherently just a little bit more difficult for me and anything that's more difficult. I, I need to quit being a little bitch is what, <laughs> what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, there, there's definitely a balance. I definitely tend to more like strength stuff. I definitely get hurt when I am too focused on stretching stuff out. And as soon as I learn to like engage the right areas again, like I don't have as much pain and it goes away. Um, well, I don't know if it's right, but I heard and that, you know, the majority of injuries come from being overly flexible and not strong enough. Yeah. I'm sure that goes back and forth, but that would make sense to what happened to me. Yeah, I mean, there's always, like, something that points to, like, a weakness somewhere. So, what, my goal, end of the year, back to primary. Like, full primary, you know, doing everything really, really nice, really clean, good pace, good breath, you know, Tristana's mm-hmm. working, like, that's my goal. End of the year, just focus on primary, and then we can start talking later after that. I mean, I think that there's a, I think we were discovering that there's a reason why it's like primary is like the most important one. I think so. You know, well, I mean, it sets you up for everything. Yeah. I mean, you said it yourself about like the hip opening and stuff. What did you say about it? You're like, when? You, you said something about like you were messing around with like the John and everything and you're like, primary opens up your hips way more than second. And I was like, yeah. 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 Agree or disagree. And you were like, agree. Yeah, 100% it does. Um, it has more, and yeah, and any book that you read about a Ashtanga will say that, but it has more hip openers in it. Mm-hmm. They're just not, they're just not as intense. Yeah. I mean, some of them are, obviously, like, I mean, Subdukamasana and... You know, what hip openers are in second? Hip openers? Yeah. We, like, Dwipada, Ekapada... I guess that is, yeah. But that's that. But again, and as we were saying, that's never been a problem for me, just because my proportions. Yeah, yeah. So like long legs, short torso. It's it's not really hard for me to throw my legs behind my head. I mean, getting Dewey Pata was a little hard, but. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think that se- that um, primary teaches you the correct technique if you can really like be patient with it mm-hmm. because, you know, I've seen, I've heard conversations here and there about um, like, you know, for example, people like gaining weight or something in practice. And then they say that like, oh, they like lose a pose or something. And I saw someone comment, it was on some, I can't remember where it was, but someone was talking about how like, yeah, when they were thinner, it was easier for them to get their binds and all that stuff. But when they put on weight, they learned how to do it more correctly. And so they were like, I realized I wasn't doing it in the best, safest way. I was doing it just because my body would go there because it didn't have the extra room. But like once I learned to actually like find the technique, I could do it. And so like that stuck with me. And I feel like a lot of the conversations, and even with myself that I have, is it's like, okay, my body is going to change. Like, it's not always going to be this exact way. And so, like, I have to learn how to do this stuff with whatever body I have at any given time. That right there was probably the, that's exactly what's going on in my head right now, Mm -hmm. is that right there. Everything you just said is exactly defines my injury journey. Just Mm -hmm. that I'm going back to the basics and realizing that I was approaching some things wrong. And, like, with my hip openers, I wasn't, you know, externally rotating deep now i'm focusing on that by doing janu a b c and d and then all the mari chasanas and you know everything after that which i think in the long run like with Krandavasana, my problem with Krandavasana is getting into lotus upside yeah. down so well i think that's like what you have like you know it's funny because you can put your legs behind your head like so easy but then lotus was difficult for you and that always like surprised me because you wouldn't think that because you seem like you have really open hips and you do have really open hips, but there's something that didn't like get unlocked for Lotus, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what you've been working on. And I think that that's like, that's what I'm going to continue to work on while I do primary series. Yeah. I mean like that's get a little stronger, open up the hips a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's the, the strength part is like being able to like control your body and have it support itself in whatever pose that it's in. And if you aren't like getting that benefit, then like something needs to go back and get revisited. I mean, that was always the thing, like in any sport that I've done, it was like you got injured or like came up against a conflict of some sort, like can't do this particular move with climbing or like something with, when, with swimming, like how am I going to get faster? Like any of that stuff. It's like, I'd always have to go back to like the basics of like, okay, where is this weakness showing up in like the foundations of this? Yeah. You have to like work that specific movement or, you know, do more core work or like get your legs stronger in some way, you know? So it's like, you've got to like figure out like, is it like, you know, swimming? It's like, it is my technique with my kick good enough or am I using my arms too much? Like, how do I, how do I engage my legs in the best way? to get more power, you know? So there's like a lot of those like things that I'd, you always have to go back to. Like I would try to get faster with swimming and I'd get on that kickboard, like where you're like holding onto that like floaty device and just kicking. It's like what people like learn how to swim with cause it's floaty, you know? And it's like, that's what I'd have to do. It's like, I can't use my arms. How can I do my life? So it's like that kind of stuff that you always have to do. I mean, even if it's you're like not. like the equivalent of using blocks. Kind of, sort of. I don't know if bit. it's the, I, I mean, don't think it's bad. No, but I think that, like... She's a trainer. So, yeah, I mean, it does kind of, like... So, you can... Yeah, you can use, like, these props and stuff. allows you to focus on a specific thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think when you're using those in a smart way and you don't just, like, stick within that, and it's, like, you know, sometimes it's good to go back to primary series to, like, build up strength so that, like, you can do these harder poses. I mean, I find myself in... um, like, that's why I'm glad that I practice like three of the, I can practice three of the series because I can kind of go back and forth depending on what is needed for me. So like, sometimes I'll be like, I got to do primary. Sometimes it's like, I need to like chill out and do second. Sometimes I need like that more power and get, you know, to do and do third. So it's like all those sort of balance each other out, but I don't think you get that full balance until you're there. Yeah. Well, I, remember reading somewhere that like some of the older teachers under Patabi Joyce would, you know, primary, then second, then third, and then repeat. Yeah. I mean, that's like when I get back to it, I feel like that's what 
I would do. I mean, that's kind of what I started to do where I was like, I don't really need to do this third series practice four days a week. You know, like I, it's not necessary. It wears me out and I can still do all of it. So like, what's the point? Why do I need to do it every single day? I don't I know. I mean, if you, if you did approach it like this now, it might give you a little bit more balance in your life like you were just talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. you keep bringing that up that you're trying to figure out other aspects of your life and not to create your entire world around Ashanga and your entire meaning and identifying too much with it. So, well, I mean, that might give you a little bit more of a balance to it. Or maybe you don't need to practice six days a week. Maybe you only need to practice five days a week. Yeah. Which well, which probably to other people sounds just very unfucking balanced. They're like, you're still working out five days a week. Maybe. I mean, I don't I think that like I I do know that I need some sort of like physical activity like most days of the week. Same. And um so I don't know. That's kind of where where I feel like it's I think most people need something like that. Like if I think like just three days a week, like I don't know if that would be enough for me. Um, it's not enough for me. But everybody's different. And I think yeah, that like. But if it is enough for you, hell yeah. Well, I mean, I think, yeah, totally. And I think that um, that sort of reminds me of that uh, podcast, the, the Joe Rogan podcast that he was talking about some like samurai guy who was kind of like, I don't remember exactly what he said. It's the art the, of war. Yeah. But the general idea was that like, he had to like develop the other areas of his life as well. So like he wasn't, he's like, because if you just focus on this one thing all of the time, then like your weaknesses are going to like show up and you don't develop the rest of your self. Then like your weaknesses are going to show up when you're in that sword fight or in that like moment or whatever. Well, I think, well, what he said was by attacking each individual aspect of your life with the same intensity Yes, there it is. as, you know, sword fighting, like making sure that you, if there's a weakness in your calligraphy, it will show up in your sword fighting. Yes. But by mastering these other areas of your life, it will make you a better sword fighter. Yes. that That's it exactly. Good job. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I'm, but I firmly believe that because yeah. I believe that Ashtanga sharpens my artistic sword and vice versa. The more creative I am outside of Ashtanga, more creative I am inside of my practice and it allows me to see different angles and certain geometry that I'm not able to see if if I'm a little stifled or I have like a creative block but in 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 Ashtanga if things are going and I'm flowing and like I'm you don't have injuries and I'm doing good and I'm just in a good training cycle you know my art is it, it feels top notch I think that's something that we all sort of know deep down just we kind of like put it in a different way where it's like if something's going on in your life, like it shows up on the mat, you know, the mirror. Yeah. And I think that like, that's something to really pay attention to. And I love that like intensity thing because like a lot of times people have, you know, said how different I am on the mat versus everywhere else. Like I come across as like really intense and focused and like, you know, kind of intimidating and like the rest of my, I don't approach anything else the way that, approach my practice and I need to be able to do that in like all of those areas. And so I've been kind of trying to develop like these different, just like prove to myself that I am the same outside of like off the mat. And, you know, it's just something that I'm like coming to now. And, you know, I think that it's easy for me to be like, get down to myself for it, but really it's like, I'm grateful that like I did pour so much into it because like, I can get to this place where I'm like, okay, I actually can be this like intense, focused, detail-oriented, precise here. I can do it in other areas as well. It's just like, how do I translate that? And so that's what I've been kind of like working on, you know, like just because it is, it's true. Like if I'm not balanced, it shows up on my mat in like a big way. I can't even really practice very well. Like I, it's like, I look like a different person practicing Sometimes I feel like a different person. Like when I'm not in my best, like Abby, like I am crying on the mat. I like can't do any of the, my advanced poses, like anything like that. Like it's weird. It's almost like I, my body is like, nope. Well, if you're able to like connect everything in your practice, like the breath, 
the banda, the tristy, and then all of the postures and everything like that. That is a very detail oriented thing. And by bringing all of those together, um, not being able to do that outside of the mat, I guess that is a problem. Like I can see how that would worry you and how you'd want to kind of reconnect with the other areas of your life and make sure that you're as intense there or as detail oriented there as you are in your practice. Because when you do practice, you're, I, you get in a flow state that I've never, that I never see outside of the mat. Yeah. And I, I have like, you know, I, I've seen this to where like I was putting it into like, well, I have to do this because it's the only place that I show up. And, but actually what I'm realizing is, is it's the reverse of it. It's like, I have to show up everywhere else. Like I do on my mat because of something like if I can't practice anymore or whatever, like then what, like, am I, do I lose that aspect of myself? Like, no, of course not. But like, I have to um, live the rest of my life as though like I am, like I'm on my mat. And so that's kind of what I'm trying. And I have been that way. It's just been like, you know, through like some trauma and some stuff that like I have been through where it's made me feel very like not in control of my life that like I was like the only thing I could have control in was my practice, you know? And then when I started losing that control, I was like, okay. It always comes back to control, doesn't it? Oh yeah. And you know, I don't think control is, it's not like a bad. No. It's not a bad thing. That's what gets me in trouble, though. It can be. Yeah, anything can go too far in the wrong direction, you know, like overly controlling. But if you have, like, a good sense of control over, like, your emotions or your your practice or, like, discipline, like, those things, those aspects of control are good. Kino's been talking a lot lately about um, controlling your emotions and using the yoga to help you do that. Yeah, and it it does really help to do that. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, um, you have to learn to like chill out in these really difficult poses. And you can also then do that everywhere else. I mean, the time that we're living in right now, like it's crazy, you know, like it's just all kinds of things are going wrong. We can't really count on anything. Everyone feels like they're not on solid ground, you know? So it's like, you they're not be, right. None of us really are, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Things that feel secure might fall apart tomorrow. So it's like, how do you, but then like that, sets us up to be really vulnerable to lose control of our emotions and then make further wrong decisions. Like I have been guilty of doing, you know, if yeah. I'm up in my feels, like I don't make good decisions. Well, what other areas of your life are you starting to focus on? Um, you know, I'm focusing on just like my, what I want to do with like work and everything. I think that because I was so focused on yoga, I sort of let that career aspect of my life kind of like, fall to the wayside so I kept falling into things that were comfortable even though I was ready to move on from them but I just didn't have the energy to like pour into something else so I'm like maybe going back to school we'll see fingers crossed you know maybe like you know I've been doing going back into like art which I really haven't invested a lot of myself in in a while um and that's been really good for my brain to like have. So I started like embroidering things, which has just been a way for me to like also be like, okay, here's another thing I'm good at. And the more things I can like prove to myself that like, okay, like I'm good at this stuff. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Like more I can do that and see results, the more I can feel more well, well-rounded, which is what I've been feeling a lot more lately. You know what that is? Wow. You're going to get sick of me saying it. Oh man. Momentum. Yeah. I'm building my own moment, momentum for sure. And like, you know, I I still do want to like teach and I still want to like be involved in yoga in some aspect. I don't know what that looks like yet, but like I really have not tried. Well, I think the current state of yoga is a little bit in flux in itself. So it you have a little bit of time to figure that out and kind of watch how it operates and, mm-hmm. and then reinsert yourself or yeah. When totally. you when you know where you fit, totally. And, and once it's settled a little bit, because it's 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 pretty unsettled. Like like you said, when when will India open back up to where you can go back over there? And then like the studio system right now has to be hurting just based on getting attendance out. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's hard with COVID. It is, and there are, there is some. Um, it's like we just have to like evolve. You know, like that's really what it is is it's like we have to the figure out what the next yoga, thing is you mean? yeah like we've got to there is a lot and 
don't fully get into, go into it, but maybe we can. Um, there's a lot within like the yoga system that's kind of broken. You know, like we have this great practice. Damn, how are you going to lead us down there? Sorry. Okay, go ahead. I'm just, this is where I'm going. I can't help. I can't. There's a lot stop of broken it. people. We're, we're all we're all broken, but a lot of like the system. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of rumblings over the past couple years. It's probably been happening for longer, but everything's sort of bubbling up right now, or it has been. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know how studios are are run and operated. You know where they rely. Most of them rely on like free help. You know, and not paying teachers enough, or um, not compensating people in the right way, and also not making a lot of money, or like it's like those things it it looks like being a yoga teacher is like the ultimate thing you know from the outside but on the inside it's like you don't make that much money people expect it to be free when you're a teacher we want we're like trying to figure out like how do we make yoga accessible but then also pay people appropriately and that is a really hard thing to figure out it's a hard thing to figure out and i don't know the answer to that and i don't know I'm sure someone out there does, but like, you know, with Yoga Alliance, it's really just a moneymaker, like, and with like this false thing, I mean, and then even, I'm sorry to say, but even like the, like the authorization process is like, it's really just like, you pay money and you get it. I mean, you have to go several times, you have to spend a lot of money, but then like, yoga teachers don't make any money and we're expected free. It's like this really I mean, backwards I feel thing. like some yoga teachers make money. Right. Some. You know, like some do, and it's at one point probably it was more, it was easier for people to make money, but I'm seeing a lot more yoga teachers going out on their own and teaching their own students and not relying on the studio system because the studio system, it's like, okay, I could teach one class on my own and charge $10 per person and get like eight people in there. It's 80 bucks. Okay. So it's like, seems kind of small, but then if you do the same thing in a studio, you get paid $35. Wow. So it's like at most, you know, depending on how their their stuff is set, is set up. There was one studio I worked for where they only paid me $6 per person that showed up. And like sometimes I made $0. See, I don't know enough about that to, to know if that's good or bad. But I mean, the math seems bad. Yeah. I mean, you put, if you think about like all of the like study and time in your practice and everything that like most yoga teachers out there that are really passionate about what they do are like they're putting so much time into it and, you know, struggling to figure out how to make it work. And the ones that have made it work are like, don't feel super secure. So we're not like sharing in the, in the way as, as we can, you know, like sharing what, like how to, like how to go about it and like how to do it unless you then have to pay them a lot of money. Like how to be a yoga teacher? Yeah. Like how to be, how to make it into a career or actually Mm. be, um, honest about how likely it is you're going to like be a successful yoga teacher like these they don't tell you that in teacher training (laughs) no probably good ones they do probably good ones they do they for sure but there is this aspect of hope that happens in pretty much everything we do anything you're paying money for people are going to like promise a lot because they may even believe that but like they have to like get people to like latch on to it and continue to believe in it. So it's like, fuck that. If I'm going to school for something, I want to know what and how to do it and how I'm going to come out and what my career path is and the trajectory. And I want to be able to see it. I want to know why. And like, I want to know all the ins and outs of the entire field. So if a teacher training program and offer me that, I'm not going to fucking do it. There's always, there's always like a business aspect to it to where it's like, okay, like there will be some, something like that, but there's really like not, it's still built more around like hope or something, you know, like. Well, I think that's what you're seeing online right now is a whole lot of business and you're seeing like the business of yoga. Not that it's bad or anything, Mm -hmm. but I can take just about any type of Zoom class with any authorized teacher I want right now. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really great. I think it opens it up to a lot more, um, able to learn more because like, and this kind of goes into my like other, other thing I've been thinking about is like, I think it's, I think it's good to have like a regular teacher that knows your practice and can hold you accountable and knows your capabilities and knows when to push you and when not to, like, it's good to have that. But I also think there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's also a lot of value in trying on different teachers. We've talked about this a little bit, but it's like 
having different approaches and um it kind of like brings me to that like quote that we watched in that show last just night just be curious yeah ted lasso is so good um so be curious not judgmental and i i mean that scene is like so great because he's like well you're gonna spoil it for I people know. the the scene is like he's been um underestimated his whole life and he used to get him really down and then he realized that like most people just thought they knew the way they were more like judgmental nobody was curious they were just like thinking they had it all figured out and then thinking that like they had figured out this person's different and so they get like judged or blocked out or underestimated and I think that happens a lot within like yoga as well it's like we get attached to like one way or this way or like you were talking about like different teachers having different approaches to like the same practice and how they teach yeah. it and it's like we really want to be like oh that's wrong or that's wrong or whatever but really it's not that's what like is so good is to see like here are all these different approaches or all these different like philosophies around it and it's good to like try on because you might come to a point in your practice where that does work for you or you might come to a point where you have a student that that will work for and you can't say like my way of teaching this cue or aligning the body is the correct way because everybody everybody's body is slightly different or they're like the things they put their body through is all very different and people learn differently because i found that a lot of times yes. they're saying the same damn thing just in a different way with different terminology exactly yeah it exactly and so it's like, you might not hear it. It's like the, it's like, you know, in relationships, like where you, you will be like, you'll tell me a thing and I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And then like, I hear it somewhere else and I'm like, Patrick, this is what I realized based off hearing this. And you're like, I've been telling you this for like a year. And I'm like, well, maybe I just had to hear it from some other source. That's like every conversation we have. I don't know. I just started thinking about like, how do we get curious instead of being like, that way is wrong. It's like, well, why do they do it that way? Well, why are they teaching it this way? Well, what in their life has like led them to this point? Like what, who, what type of person does this actually benefit? You know, and okay, cool. going to log that away and I'll use it when I need it instead of being like, Oh, I can't believe that they would say this sort of stuff. Well, you do do that, though. Of course, we all do it. I know, but it's fun to hear you talk shit. I, we all, you know, okay, we all talk shit. It's I know it's a thing. I know. I'm not saying it's a bad <laughs> thing, but everybody has everybody has their own, you know, opinions on these things. And, totally. But to go back to it instead of being judgmental about something, unless it's just totally stupid, being curious about why they're doing it will benefit you. You know individually or personally but also if you're trying to teach it will benefit you and how you approach somebody who is going through you know a problem or oppose or can't get something yeah i mean it's like in, instead of being it, it's almost like the answer to like instead of getting offended by something that someone does or says it's like figuring out like well, what is this really about you know like what is this coming what is this stemming from like people get offended by way too many things yeah and it's really just like a understanding of people like okay so i sorry i have a lot of stories of a lot of talk but about some today. hold on but <laughs> people do say some stupid shit so you're allowed to get offended so totally and i don't think that being i don't think being offended is wrong either like i don't think any of it is wrong because we're all going to get offended and upset by different things because we all have like different triggers you know so it's like because someone else is like upset by something, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just means that like this is something that's going to be upsetting. All right. So other story. So um, I was in my little like Bible study with my mom that I do with mm -hmm. all these ladies, and they were talking about. And it's really cute. I love it. Um, but they were talking about there's this town um, that was I can't remember where it was somewhere like Pennsylvania. I don't know somewhere, but there is like some sort of gene that was they're very like independent community and there's some sort of like gene that was passed around that like half the people in that town or community were deaf and so like but what they found is like they didn't have any like government programs to support they didn't have any of that sort of sort of thing um but when those people left the town and went into like towns or cities that did have that they didn't feel as um supported and they were trying to figure out, like, why do these people feel, like, more, like, supported here? They don't have any programs. They don't have, like, anything that's, like, any handicap stuff, anything like that. It's more, like, like, what's the difference? And 
doesn't seem like it's serving them very well. But really it was like everyone in that community just like supported and understood one another. So like they, everybody learned sign language. So like there wasn't the need for any of that, any of that like stuff of like hard of hearing, things like that, because like everybody could still communicate with each other. So they didn't feel as different. So by just accepting everybody as they are and learning about them and being able to communicate with them, it made them... Yeah, it's just like understanding. It's like, well, really, they just need to be able to communicate. And most of the frustration that comes is probably like people don't know sign language. But like it's like stepping out of yourself as a community and being like, okay, I can hear, but like this person can't. So I'm going to learn sign language so that I can understand them and we can communicate and get to know each other instead of being like, no, I don't have to do that. Why would I have to do that? Because it's like you understand that this is a person. So like a lot of the things that like, get solved is within like relationship which is like getting curious about like what makes this person tick you know it's like easy to judge someone when you don't know them and then once you get to know them you're like oh okay i get it you might you still might not like them very much but you at least know them you give them a chance yeah and i think that's like what i what i do like i i i will like talk some shit but then i always kind of go around like and explore some of that like okay well what is it and then I usually come back and I'm like well it's probably because of this like I find myself still wanting to like dislike the person that I originally disliked sometimes usually not for a good reason but it's sometimes I have to like fight it I'm like okay like stop because we kind of like that thing of like I'm better than this person or like they're you know it's like a little bit of that I don't know if it's biological or maybe it's just me I don't know um, and so like, that's a lot of where like my work is, is really, I'm just getting curious about like all of this right now. I think you're just competitive. I am competitive. That's for sure. So if you see somebody else doing, you know, something within your field, you automatically, you don't judge it, but you, you look at it as, can I do this equally as good or better or in a different way? It's competition. Yeah. But like, I, I am competitive but I always like to be friends with people that like I feel competitive with because I feel like I have something to learn like if I feel like there's some if I see someone that's does something better like I want to get to know them I want to like see what makes them tick because I think that like it's easy for me to just be like uh but I've had that happen to me so many times that like I don't want to do that to someone else well I think curiosity is one of the best ways to learn anything and it, it i think it's ashtanga in itself or martial arts teaches you how to learn and teaches you how to be curious totally it does and that's one of the because i grew up doing martial arts mm -hmm. and then now i do ashtanga and it's uh, i stand by it because it teaches you how to learn and it's taught me that i need to continue to be curious about you know how to do something in photoshop or how to do something in illustrator and how to be a better graphic designer and how to learn these things, to be more well-rounded, like you said, to have more balance. Well, I think it's, like, easy to be in the, to, you know, there's always that thing within um, even yoga where we say, like, always be a student, you know? And I think there's, like, this humility aspect to it where it's just, like, being, like, I'm good at what I do, but I don't know everything. Like, I still have a lot to learn, and you do that with your art all the time. Like, you are constantly trying to figure out figure out different things even though like you're really good and you easily could be like nope I don't need to learn anything else I have everything but that's how you get stagnant that's how people get stuck well it's something that I grew up hearing and then it got translated to Brazilian jiu-jitsu and it's they always say always be a white belt mm -hmm. it's the same as always be a student mm -hmm. it's always be a white belt I don't care if you're a black belt you can always learn yeah yeah it's like never it's like one of those quotes that I really like the Avery brothers it's like Never stop doing the things that scare you. And I think it's really scary sure. to. Uh, put, yeah. Well, it's scary to put Fucking yourself. scares me every day. And yeah. It, it's scary to put yourself at the place of like, I don't know this. And so I need to learn it. Like, and I, and I, the same way, like I've always been in a learning state. I love, I've really loved to learn and explore and research and figure things out. But like, there's still like a. Um, a bit of resistance but I think that like our brains also need that stimulation and needs to constantly keep learning in order to like um, not get stagnant or get stuck in our ways never quit moving yeah so what you're saying is don't judge other people just because they're different be curious as to why they're different yeah or like what it is about them that is like 
you know, getting under your skin? Like, why is that? Maybe it's something within yourself that is like making them like kind of bug you. And that's usually like what it is a lot of times. But so, but once you get to know them, you can kind of let that go. I mean, I've been on the receiving end of, of this for like years, you know, it's just like someone got the wrong impression of me and is like, I'm continuing to be like harassed for it, you know? And that's like something that like, if anyone had given me a chance to like get to know me, probably wouldn't have happened, but they made some judgment calls based on how I was like showing up that like I was not a good person or something. Well, they should work on their curiosity. Yeah. You know, and I I think that is like someone thought they knew everything or knew what was best and will not, you know, give that up. And it has become like a, uh, like a sickness. I think that like anything like that can end up making, hurting you more than it does the other person. I don't know. I mean, this, this is just literally kind of where my brain's been. Clearly I had to like a lot of different things impact me over the past couple of weeks, I guess. But I think you gave yourself the space or usually Ashtanga gives you space to think about these things. And this one's counterintuitive. You had to walk away from Ashtanga for a little bit to give yourself space. Yeah. Because I was getting stuck in the same patterns, you know, and it is literally the same pattern over and over again on your mat. And I think that that maybe is what I'm responding to is like. It's a beautiful pattern. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's the best but, like, if you get st- – it's, like, the same thing with, like, injury. It's, like, sometimes I have to take a break to, like, realign myself in in my body, too. Is like, okay, I'm doing something wrong, but if I continue to put myself in the same pattern of movement, I'm going to continue to exacerbate it unless I can, like, take a break and, like, step back and be, like, what am I doing wrong? Or pinch a nerve in your neck. Yeah. So it's, like, I found myself kind of getting stuck in the same thought loop in practice, and it was, like, I was torturing myself. Yeah. That's so I had to pull out to like not do that. Good for you. I guess. What do you mean you guess? <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that's what you need. It I is. mean to get that balance that you're looking for. And it's clearly had some profound effects or allowed you to kind of like think and get out of a tunnel and actually like evaluate the way that you're approaching everything. So 100%. even if you go right back to approaching it exactly the same way you were before this, at least you had time to think about it and, you know, confirm that it's the right way to do it. Well, I don't, I, I, w- I won't really, maybe I'll never know the right way to do it, but I do feel like. You the, won't, neither will I, <laughs> neither will anybody else. But I do feel like the knowing yourself and knowing what you need in any given moment really is what like yoga is all about. It's just getting more in touch with like what you need. And so sometimes it means taking a break from yoga because that's what you need. You know, like that's, you, I, realized that I was doing myself more harm than good by pushing myself on the mat or putting myself in that same like environment and thought pattern and everything. And it was not helping me. It wasn't helping people around me. It wasn't helping you. It was like doing more harm than good in like all aspects. So I had to pull out and be like, okay, I still love this practice. How do I like, I just need to like take a break and figure out what I'm doing with my life or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that like, you know, at the, at the end of the day, even though there is a, we've said this kind of before, is, is there is like a, a structure and a good um, method or whatever it is you want to call it that you, that you follow that like helps to a certain point and then you have to start making decisions for yourself. And you see this a lot. Some people continue to like follow that. Some people realize it doesn't really work for them within that context and they need to like you know, switch it up a little bit to make it benefit them like it has in the past. You know, I think we all hit this point. And so it's really like what I, and you can look at that and be like, oh, they like gave up on yoga or they quit or whatever. But really like if the yoga is work, maybe it is that the yoga is really actually working and they're getting to know themselves better where they followed the crowd for a long time. And then, and, and it did what it needed to do. And then they needed to like step out and figure it out on their own. And I think that that should be more celebrated than looked down on. Like if you want to step away from Ashtanga and go teach vinyasa, because like you are seeing that like, this isn't the, the right thing for you. Like, that's great. You should do that. No, nah, they're quitters. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kind of. No, I'm kidding. But you know, like, I think that like, I, I hear that a lot, like people casting judgment on people for quitting Ashtanga, but like, I don't, but why? 
I don't think there's a problem with that, no. Like, I mean, they realize that it's it's definitely not for everybody. It's definitely not for everybody, and it's not always good, and, and it doesn't always have to do with, like, your ability. It's really sometimes just, like, what you need for yourself at any stage in your life. I mean, half the people I tell that I do the same damn thing every single morning, they, like, they look at me like I'm crazy because they could never do the same thing over and over every morning, and then I try to explain to them that, no, it's really, really different every morning. It's a new experience. Like, it's never the same. And then getting all that bullshit. And then they just look at me like, nope, it's the same. Well, it's pra- I mean, it's practicing the same movements over and over again. That's what yeah. you do with anything. You know, like. And a lot of, a lot of you know, popular workout people, or whatever the fuck you want to call them, they think that that's the worst thing you can do. It's the same thing every day. But I like, mean, CrossFit's based on constantly varied movements and workouts. Right, but if you think about it. Let's think about it. Let's think about it. Even within those, there are certain movements that you yeah, do of all course. the time. And, and they just, like, show up in different ways. And I think that that's right. all Right, they just the do the same movements in a different. They just mix it up a right. little bit. And that's what we do. We do that, too. I mean, when I was climbing, same movements. Yeah, it was varied because of, like, Different problems required different sets of skills, but most of the time it was like the same pattern of movements, like always pulling, always stepping on your feet, like mm-hmm. dynamic movement, static movement. Like there's a lot of this the same that defines any sport that you do is that there's like those basic things. And I think that like we just own it a little bit better or something. I think I'm going to start looking into outside things to benefit my strength and Ashtanga practice. Yeah, I think that's smart. If you have a hard time building it within the practice, then, like, it's good to do that. But, but you know, like, everything I read, like, I'm a traditional dude and everything, like, Shrat's like, you don't need anything other than Ashtanga. Right, but, like, you also have to think that people that are saying that, like, I would say that. I didn't need anything else, but I also am not uh, naive enough to know to think that everyone's body is like mine so mm-hmm. like everyone well neither is he yeah and i think that like to a certain point yes you can but if you don't have that like drive or motivation to figure out how to get that strength from the practice you might need something else to like tri- to like trigger that that like strength part because it's hard to pull up strength in practice sometimes it's really easy to like not be strong in practice it's really easy to not be strong in practice. Yeah, I mean, like, I can, like, half-ass my practice and still get through it and it still be okay, but, like, it's not gonna... That shit can be dangerous, though. Yeah, if you're, like, constantly stepping forward and stepping back and, like, kind of whatever, if you can do beyond that, like, and you're just not doing it, like, of course you're not going to get stronger. If you're not going to push yourself to go a little further each day or a little bit stronger each day, the only way that I learned how to do a jump through and could do it all the way through my practice was, like, I started with one. Like, I started to be able to do one. And then the second day I did, like, two. Like, I just slowly added them in until I could do it throughout the whole practice. But, like, that shit was hard. Like, you know, you have to be determined to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, you've got to teach yourself how to do it in other places if you can't do it in practice. If you have a teacher, it's easier because they're going to push you to do it, and then you can't fight it. But if you're practicing at home, it's so hard. I'm going to get a kettlebell. Get a kettlebell, no, I'm babe. I'm kidding. I'm just going to do a stronger still, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, like, knowing that, like, you can find all the strength that you need within practice. If you are unable to, like, locate it because you've got a block against it, then you've got to try something else what do you mean a block you, like you get like a mental block against certain movements have you ever um, come up against that fairly yeah like when i was this happened i saw this the most happening in climbing is that like i knew that i could physically do like a problem but i've been doing it so many times that like i formed a block against it and so i'd get to the same thing every time and i would give up like instead of just throwing myself into it and like jumping for that next hold i would like uh, nah, and then not do it and it, I knew it was a block and I had to like go do another problem and come back to it at a different point because I'd form these like mental blocks against it. That's what I deal with with Karandavasana. Yeah, I know. I think most of us do. You get up to towards something, it becomes so hard and you're like, I don't even know. And then you get overwhelmed and you just quit. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're just trying to like be the best version of yourself that you can be 
It's the only thing you can be. And if you're trying to fit yourself into like a box of someone else's idea of what like ideal is, like you're probably never going to be happy because it's maybe not the box that you fit in. What box are you trying to fit into? That's somebody else's box. No, I'm just saying. Or like, get your own box. I'm just. I so I'm exactly. You gotta get your own box. Sometimes we want to force ourselves to fit into the Ashtanga box. The like the type the type A the practice six days a week the like stay with tradition. Yeah, because it's a kick ass place. It is a kick ass place. Cool, you look cool and feel cool. I know, I know. But if it's not you, sometimes it doesn't serve you. Yeah, if it's not you, if you have if you can't fit within the standards that's asking for you, you're going to get really down on yourself instead of being like, well, I just need to like evolve this box a little bit to make make it fit me. So it's it's not whether or not that you fit Ashtanga, it's whether or not Ashtanga fits you. Yes. All right.